What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find the both of us at thepewterplank.com and make sure that you're following us on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at the Pewter Plank, at jyarko underscore bucks, and at dh82 underscore bucks. I'd like to bring in my co-host David here. And David, we are going to dive in real quick to the injury report that was released after the Thursday practices. Uh, and again, second day in a row now that we've had both Levante David and Gerald McCoy limited participants. But the thing that's more concerning, or that is concerning, it's not really concerning that that McCoy and Levante appear to be on track to return, but Robert Ayers and Deshaun Jackson appear to be on track to be inactive. Deshaun Jackson held out for the second day in a row with an ankle injury. Robert Ayers out for the second day in a row with a shoulder injury. So David, do you think that either or both or neither one of these guys is going to see the field on Sunday? I have a feeling Deshaun Jackson is still going to play for some reason, but I think it's very possible that both of them could could also sit out the entire game and, and not dress and, and all that, which I wouldn't necessarily be totally disappointed with because honestly, I think we're, we're at the point of the season where it's a win-win, you know, um, really, I just want to keep seeing the team fight and grow from, from the youth, you know, and, uh, from the youth on the team and everything else, and just see the veterans that are, are healthy and able to play still go out there and lead the team and, and try to make things happen, which seems to be what they're doing. And I don't believe we're going to see a different Buccaneers team the last two weeks of the season. I think we're still going to see a squad that goes out and tries to win, even though obviously they're, they're, Right now, they're playing for their futures. Um, but what I'm what I'm really looking forward to seeing is is some of the younger guys. And if Deshaun doesn't go, uh, then I think we might get to see, you know, some more Chris Godwin. Obviously, Adam Humphreys will be out there, Mike Evans, and then uh, maybe some Bobo Wilson, some more Freddie Martino. You know, so it, it, we're in a no lose situation as far as I'm concerned. As long as the players who do play, you know, so if Levante and Gerald go out there and play, that they're actually healthy enough to play, and we're not putting unnecessary risk on the players uh, for the sake of a couple wins that aren't going to take the team to the playoffs. Yeah. Greg Allman on Twitter said that he believes that it, it seems unlikely Deshaun Jackson will play. I was really hoping that Deshaun would play. Uh, You know, we're one of the knocks on Deshaun Jackson and I'm 100% guilty of doing it. When the off season came last year, I wrote a piece for the pewterplank.com on free agents that the Buccaneers should absolutely avoid. And I had Deshaun Jackson on that list. And part of the reason for me was the amount of money that he was going to command and his inability to play full 16 game seasons. And he's played every game this season and there's two games left. So I, I really wanted him to be able to play a full 16 game season, show that he can do it. Um, kind of put doubters like myself at ease and and to shut us up that you know he's he's not a a prima donna that's going to miss games just for the sake of missing games or the whole you know I play when I want to play kind of thing that he you know genuinely was going to get through a season but I'm not going to be upset in the least if he gets held out because his ankle is is busted up I mean there's no sense in and creating more health problems for him in the midst of a lost season. And like you said, you know, that presents another opportunity for Chris Godwin to continue to show his growth and his development and potentially get 
uh, Bobo Wilson out on the field. Um, if you were if you were a betting man, which you've said that you are, um, mm-hmm. out of Levante David, Gerald McCoy, Deshaun Jackson, and Robert Ayers, who do you feel is the most likely to suit up on Sunday? Levante David. Um, Same here. Yeah, I just because with a hamstring, the fact that he's practicing at all means that he at least feels good, and they're just probably easing him back into full time action to not reaggravate the injury. So. If he can make it through, you know, to to the weekend without aggravating his hamstring injury, then I'm pretty sure he's at least going to suit up. Uh, and you know, depending on how the game goes and what what role and all that stuff, um, I don't know. I think if Levante David's on the field, he's your guy. He's your he's your weak side linebacker, and you're not pulling him off for anything unless you have to. But yeah, that's who I would put my money on if I had to. All right, and on the Panther side, they had quite a few players not participate in practice Wednesday or Thursday, uh, defensive end Mario Addison, uh, receivers Devin Funches, and, of course, fan former fan favorite of the Buccaneers, Russell Shepard, uh, guard Trey Turner, defensive end Julius Peppers. All of these guys did not participate Wednesday or Thursday. And then you have Cam Newton and uh, Shaq Thompson were limited participants. Greg Olson is full participant. Um. I mean, the Panthers, they still have to win. They still have to win games. They're still in a race for the division. They need to be able to lock up a home playoff game. And they're not going to be able to do that if they start resting these starters. Oh, of course, they might be able to resting starters against the Bucs. But they're not in in cruise control by any means. They're going to come out swinging trying to win this game and position themselves in the postseason. Do you, do you feel that, that looking at this report and, and, you know, you have these guys not participating, no Devin Funches, no Russell Shepard, um, no Trey Turner, no Julius Peppers. Do you think that gives the Bucks a, a better chance of winning? Or do you think it's at this point just way too early to tell or, all in all, it just won't matter. I mean, I think they have a better chance of winning the game, uh, period, you know, um, and with the, with these players potentially sitting out. I mean, Devin Funches missing practice all week is is concerning from a Panthers standpoint. Russell Shepard, same thing. You know, uh, Trey Turner not being out of, of concussion protocol yet. I mean, most likely he's not going to get cleared if he hasn't been cleared by Thursday night. So, you know, I think those are all concerning. Cam is probably more of a of a precautionary thing. I don't really believe his injury or his right shoulder issue is more any more than just probably a, a season's worth of wear and tear. But uh, no, no reason to think he won't be out there. But I mean, I think the Buccaneers they match up they match up okay against the Panthers on paper as it is. The defense, you know, they, they played better against Atlanta than than most expected in certain areas, and you know, got gashed a little bit by Devonta Freeman a little bit more than. I think most expected as well. But when you look at the Panthers, I mean, Jonathan Stewart's not a guy that you can't expect the defense to be able to contain with just their, their front four and their linebackers. And then Christian McCaffrey is probably the biggest concern and it's a legitimate concern, but Christian McCaffrey is not going to be putting, you know, shoulders and chests of Chris Conte the way Freeman was. So I don't know. I mean, contain has been an issue all year for the Buccaneers defense. So that's obviously going to be a huge factor. 
But I think, you know, given given the matchup on paper, if the players come out playing with the fire, playing with the passion, and, and attempting to win the way they did last week, and they can get Levante on the field and maybe get, you know, Gerald McCoy back or something something like that, and Jameis plays as smart as he did. I mean, if even if Deshaun Jackson's on the field, if Jameis Winston plays the way he did last week against Carolina, then I think they could definitely put up enough points to beat this team and, you know, play spoiler, you know, as it were whether coach cutter wants him to play spoiler or not um it's it's definitely a thing out there and, and the, the pressures on the panthers and, and situations like this there's no pressure on the buccaneers other than internal pressure just you know personal pride and just the desire to not, to not go out on a losing streak um but the real pressure the real football pressure is on the panthers so um yeah i, I think there's definitely a shot the buccaneers can walk away with a win in this one All right, well, coming up next, David and I are going to bring you our predictive offensive and defensive players of the game as we do every Friday, as well as our final score prediction. You are listening to the Locked On Bucks podcast with James Yarko and David Harrison of thepewterplank.com. And David, we are going to jump into our offensive and defensive predictive players of the game. So we're going to go ahead and start with you, as we always do. Who is your offensive player of the game prediction? My offensive player of the game prediction is going to be Jameis Winston. Um, oh, you took mine. Which, yeah, which, like I said, is, is a huge shocker, right? But, or, well, you didn't hear me, but I said it was a huge shocker. So many people, we really didn't even get into it because of how many other people went ahead and said it or wrote it for us. Um, but just for the record, at least myself, Completely agree that last week was probably James Winston's best game as a professional football player, despite the fact they didn't come out with a win. When you're talking about singular individual performances and the and the total package and the professional, you know, just looking like a professional quarterback and going out there, cool, calm, collected, looking like he's knowing knowing what he's doing the entire game. Uh just just really a great all around game. And would have been even better if it weren't for some of the drops that happened. But you know, that's that's part of the game too. I want to see if he can do it two weeks in a row because those are those are kind of the steps that we were looking to see him take in year three. And I have kind of a sinking suspicion that had the injury not happened and and maybe uh, I don't want to open this gate again, but maybe had he gotten rest earlier and been able to heal faster and sooner, maybe we would have seen more of this type of a of a of a growth from him earlier in the season uh, rather than you know here at the tail end. But if we can see that again. And, you know, I've, I've long said that these last three weeks are the most important weeks because they're, they're the division rivals. You're, fa- you're facing these teams twice a year, every year. So seeing what this team has in the condition they're in with a season done, you know, dead in the water, see what this team has is a, is a big moment as far as for the future. Because if they can come in here and take, say, two out of three or even one out of three and be competitive in all three, then that gives you a little bit of hope for next year when all these injured players come back maybe a free agent addition or two, uh, hopefully another good draft haul from Jason Light. You know, it gives you some something to look forward to in 2018. I don't think any Buccaneer media member or fan is going to let them their own hype get to the point where it got to before this year, but there's still a basis to be excited for the season to come back um, if, if we can see that same performance from Jameis these last three weeks uh, to close the season against defend, uh, division rivals. Yeah, and you know, I said it in in the pick six, just like everybody else said it that that was that was Jameis's best game as a professional. And and you pointed out it would have been even better without the drops. I mean, 
eight incompletions on the game with four drops and two incompletions were him spiking the ball. So about as perfect as you can get. Yeah, but I mean, Mark Cook did point out, though, those spikes didn't even come anywhere near receivers. So those were terrible (laughs) passes. Good old Mark. I like his sarcastic comments. Sorry. Anyway. I I do too. You know, it it definitely uh it's the highlight of the Pewter Nation podcast for sure. Um <clears throat> well, since you took my offensive player of the game, uh I I'm having a scramble to come up with a backup. You tend to do that a lot. I think I need to start going first more often. You're the host. Um, well, we're co-hosts, but you know, I just Yeah, you steer the ship though. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I'm going to go with Mike Evans. Um, I mean, for once, just just for once, can we see a huge breakout game by Mike Evans against the Panthers? Why does it seem like every time he plays the Panthers, he's just meh? Um, seven games in his career against the Panthers. He has 30 receptions for 395 yards and three touchdowns. That's not great. He's getting 5.9 yards a target. And he's averaging a little more than 56 yards per game against the Panthers. For a team that you get to face twice every season, that's not, that's not impressive at all. I, I think if we can get the Jameis that we got on Monday night and he's focusing in on feeding Mike Evans the ball, we can see an explosive game out of him. I don't know what it is about Carolina that just seems to get under his skin. You know, it was against the Panthers that he was ejected from a game for arguing with an official. And it just seems as if he's not anywhere close to being part of the game plan anytime they go to Carolina or Carolina comes to town. So that's what I'm looking for out of this one. And I, you know, Mike obviously has the skills to do it. We just have to see it on the field. I I completely agree with with, uh, needing to see him come up with a big game there against Carolina. Hopefully we see it. They, they connected a little bit better last week than they had, you know, throughout the, the, large part of the season so hopefully that carries over into into this week and and you know hopefully we can see mike kind of maybe break that trend against this this opponent specifically all right well david who is your predictive defensive player of the game you don't want to go first no you can go first i'm going keith tandy for the second yeah. week in a row yes but this time he's in deliver <laughs> or Chris Conte is going to steal the uh, spotlight again. I almost went with Chris Conte. But so listen, last time the Buccaneers played the Carolina Panthers near the end of the season, Keith Handy had two interceptions. Um, so I'm gonna say that Keith Handy is gonna have two interceptions again. Bold. That's bold. My defensive player of the game, I am going to go with I'm gonna go with Levante David. Uh if if David Stett sets foot on the field, 
I think he has the the sideline to sideline speed and the wherewithal to contain Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield. I don't want to put that responsibility on Quan. We've seen Quan over pursue or hesitate a little too much this season. And I think that as, as we talked about on another podcast, I think a lot of that has to do with how many plays he's missed and he's evaluating himself and he's trying to limit that. And instead he's kind of limited what we love so much about him throughout this season. So if I was Mike Smith, which I'm not, um, but if I was, I would make sure that Levante was the Christian McCaffrey spy all game long. Some would argue, why not do that for Cam Newton? Because I think as big of a threat as Cam Newton is and can be with his legs, you have to worry about McCaffrey in so many other facets that he's the guy that you need to be spying. You know, all in all, Cam's going to get his. It's going to happen. He's going to he's going to scramble for 25 yards at some point, get a first down, do his stupid little point while you figure out what kind of gummies chewing cuz he can't keep his freaking mouth closed. But Levante David needs to be the guy that eliminates Christian McCaffrey from this game and I don't mean that like physically, I mean that as far as his production, obviously. So Levante David is my predictive defensive player. That's a good choice. And I think definitely, you know, out of all the linebackers available, if he is healthy, then he's the best equipped to uh, to stay with, with McCaffrey for pretty much all the reasons you said. Um, do you think he's going to be playing this game at all with a chip on his shoulder because of the Pro Bowl snub? I don't think he cares. I really don't. Um, I care. I think it's bogus. But I care. Gerald McCoy cares. Gonna, Gerald McCoy does care. And he Gerald McCoy cares about a lot, but unfortunately, Bucks fans don't care about Gerald McCoy. But that's I've gone over that too many times. At, at this point, it's it's beating a dead horse. Um I if I was Levante David, you know, so in a span of three minutes, I've gone from being Mike Smith to being Levante David. I would be more upset if I was do what? So you had a little bit of Greg Williams sprinkled in there too, calling for Levante David to take out Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I said not physically. Yeah, you're just covering your tracks. I'm not putting a bounty on Christian McCaffrey. No, you just said it. I didn't. You said it. I didn't say it, Greg. <laughs> Those were your words. Ah. Uh... How long have we been doing this? Like three weeks and we we've officially, we've gone off the rails. <laughs> now you made me forget what I was saying. If I was Levante David, that's where I was. Yep. I would be more, far more upset if I was snubbed as an all pro than being snubbed as a pro bowler. Mm-hmm. That's just me. I think Levante David earned both, but I think Gerald McCoy is 100% right in the fact that you can't compare a 4-3 outside linebacker with a 3-4 outside linebacker. That's It's not a fair comparison. The 3-4 outside linebacker is going to get all those sacks and is going to get all those you know 
eye-popping numbers, they should be compared more to a 4-3 defensive end than 4-3 outside linebacker. So that's my take on it. But, yeah, I don't think the, the Pro Bowl snub is going to have any anything to do with his performance on Sunday. Uh, Fair enough. David, what is your final score prediction? 27 to 24 Tampa. What? 27 to 24 Tampa. Picking the upset in in Carolina. Yes. In and a must-win for Carolina. Yes, and Pat Murray is going to make a 54-yard game winner after the Buccaneers call a timeout with the clock expiring. Is the referee going to slip and fall again? Yeah, I don't care because we they're coming <laughs> off timeout, so it's fine. He can slip all he wants. But what if the referee slips and falls, creating a delay of game penalty, and then that bumps it back to a 59-yarder? Then I demand that Mike Evans goes and assaults that referee and gets suspended. That's aggressive. But I'm the Greg Williams comparison. Gotcha. Greg did not go against officials. That's totally unique to my situation. Alone. I Greg, am going. Greg Shiano and I are going to be sitting over here in our corner while you figure out what you're doing. Oh, you can have your Greg Shiano. <laughs> Just another reason for me to hate the Buckeyes. <laughs> you and me both. I'm going to go with 33-24 Panthers. Blasphemy. Sorry, Charlie. I don't think I don't think the Bucks have it to beat a Carolina team that is fighting for postseason positioning. As much as I despise the Panthers and really, really despise Cam Newton, this team surprised a lot of people. For as bad as they were last season, the Carolina Panthers have surprised a lot of people. So I don't think the Bucs are going to be the ones to kind of knock them down a peg. They got close against the Falcons, and I think the Panthers are far better than the Falcons are this year. So 33-24 Panthers, unfortunately. Uh, David, anything else before we head, in, <clears throat> head into the, uh, the weekend? Um, the Buccaneers are going to win. I hope you're right. I don't want the Panthers to win. I want the Panthers to go 0-16 every season. I can't wait until Diddy buys the North Carolina Panthers <laughs> and then ruins them because that will bring me such joy. I don't know what it is about the Panthers, but I have absolutely, completely 100% despised them from the moment I saw Jake DeLome's face. Don't know why. Jake Nothing against Jake DeLome. It's just... I can't stand them. So anytime the Panthers lose, I, I giggle a little, which is why last season was so fun. Uh, 
What about the Kerry Collins Panthers? What about those guys? Uh, meh. Yeah. They existed. They did. So did the Rodney Pete Panthers. Yes. And the Tembiaka Batuka Panthers. Oh, Tembiaka Batuka. Miss that guy. <laughs> Just because I love the name Bianca Batuka. Yeah, that's the only reason I even know him. So I know he can, he went to the worst football college in the country. But other than that, that's all I know about him is his name. It's just like my my favorite hockey player became my favorite hockey player strictly because of his name before I really actually got into hockey. And that was Nikolai Habibulin, <laughs> the goalie from the Tampa Bay Lightning when they won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Loved that guy. All right. You can find us on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at the Peter Plank, at JYarko underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. We hope you all have a wonderful and safe and enjoyable weekend. And thanks to each and every one of you for joining us once again here at Locked On Bucks.